everyone and welcome to this latest edition of Marketing Week's This Much I Learn podcast. I'm Charlotte Rogers, Insight Editor at Marketing Week, and today I'm discussing the results of Marketing Week's 2022 Career and Salary Survey, the most in-depth analysis of its kind into marketing careers. I'm joined by two senior marketers with decades of experience in the industry to reflect on the headline stats. CMO of property specialist Supla since 2018, Gary Bramwell kicked off his marketing career more than 20 years ago with roles spanning Orange, Apple, Skype, Microsoft and MyTaxi. Gary is joined by Gareth Turner, Head of Marketing at Weetabix. Hosting over two decades in marketing, Gareth's career to date has included more than six years at Heineken and over seven years at Arla Foods prior to joining Weetabix in 2019. Welcome Gareth and Gary. It feels like there's so much to discuss and to kick off. So one of the stats that we found was almost a third of the 4,463 marketers that responded to the survey said that marketing has gained a greater strategic role in their business over the past 12 months. A further 14.8% say marketing is better appreciated and 13.4% claim marketing is seen as more influential. It'd be great to to kind of understand how you react to those figures. Gareth, if I could start with you. Yeah, well, that's uh, it's amazing that uh, that people are saying it's uh, playing a strategic role in a business and uh, and growing. That's uh, that's great news. I think uh, would I like it to be higher? Of course, I would. It's uh, it'd be great to see everybody playing a strategic role in uh, in every business, every marketeer playing a strategic role in every business. And I think for us at, at Weetabix, we have that. We've got a very supportive board. We have. Um, uh, a business that's invested heavily and increased significantly increased our investment over over recent years because we're able to show return on investment. And I know not all marketing, not all great marketing, is about showing return on investment uh, in the short term or medium term all the time. But blimey, the language of the boardroom is finance, and if you're able to talk about sales driving, revenue driving, profit driving activity, then um, that shows a positive ROI, then uh, then you've got half a chance of being supported by the business. That's really interesting. I mean, Gary, would you agree with that? Do you, do you think it's kind of speaking the language of, of finance that's helping marketers gain that strategic, um, I suppose, uh, credibility? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I'd love it to be like it's a. This is a, a an inflection point where suddenly marketing is sitting in that in that seat. I guess the probably my reflection is when trauma hits, growth is really important, and I think as a result, the marketing machine is really a a growth catalyst, and, and maybe it's a reflection that society and businesses are braver, and therefore they're putting their money behind. The growth engines in the in in their business are one. I think marketing has evolved over the years. Where, uh, as Gareth says, we were probably more scientific than our artist uh, as our function now, and with that comes a greater sense of responsibility, accountability, and the ability to sort of prove up what we spend and where it drives and how we measure it and, and stuff like that. A little bit of the fun has been taken out of it, I think, with with so much data and accountability that sometimes it's hard to vouch for those off-the-hoof random ideas that actually really do accelerate um, marketing and businesses. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a good signal that businesses are are more confident and, and boards are more confident and marketing is, is having a strategic role to play. 
Yeah, that, I think that's a really interesting take on it in terms of the confidence that, that businesses are seeing. And I mean, another thing that we asked was kind of the skills gap. And we found that a third of respondents say that data and analytics expertise is kind of the main talent issue for their business. And that's followed you know, some way behind by copywriting talent at 17.6% and performance marketing expertise at 17.3%. Does the data skills gap kind of make sense given what you're seeing in the wider industry? Gary, if I could start with you. Yeah, totally. I mean, that, to my point around the scientists, the, the, the marketeers being more scientific than artists, I think that totally bank, but sort of uh, validates that. I guess my challenge is less of a functional perspective and is more any marketeer in any function that isn't data and analytically competent is going to struggle. So I think it's less about going for more data and analytical capabilities. It's the question and challenging for marketing leaders is how do you put data and analytics at the heart of every job, whether that's in the creative team all the way to the performance marketeers and across the board from sort of in-house teams to external agencies. I think the brands and businesses that unlock that and educate everyone and, and, and raise the whole bar will be the ones that uh, win because otherwise the the race for talent of acquiring those few people, if you haven't got a business that appreciates things and they can play with other like-minded people, they jump out very quickly. And then you end up getting this perpetual circle of hiring and losing talent, which is just a drain on any business that's wanting to move fast because hiring great people takes a, a long, long time. 100%. I mean, Gareth, would, would you reflect on that, that kind of actually data needs to be a core part of every role? And then when the data and analytics specific talent, when they see that in an organisation, they think, yeah, that, there's a space for me there. Like, how do you react to stats, but also kind of what Gary was saying there? Yeah, I totally agree that I think there are a few things there. You mentioned the data and analytics. I think it links back to what I was saying before about finance and, and numbers. Let's be, be a bit broader, being the language of the boardroom. So you simply have to be au fait, okay with, with working with numbers. But for me, it's about the combination of science and artistry, as, as Gary was saying, that for me, the, the real genius marketeers are the ones who are able to take that data and the analytics because we all have access to the same information, but it's what people do with that same data. What do you do with it that separates you from your competitive set what's the so what what's the why what's the true insight that sits beneath that now you have to be okay with diving in and following your nose and discovering what the the true insight is what the reason behind those numbers is and then the so what which is important that's what separates great marketers and great brands from from the rest yeah Completely. I mean, and another thing that we found when we were looking sort of beyond skills gaps, but kind of looking at how teams are changing is we actually found that that more than half, so 56.5% of respondents had experienced structural change within the marketing team over the past 12 months. And that's up from 46.3% last year. And in large companies, this figure rises to 63.7%. So are you surprised by the fact that, that team restructures are accelerating, that they're going even further than in 2020? Yeah, last uh, December, so not the one that's just gone, the one before that, we uh, we restructured our team and we moved to a, a, a model that's much more aligned with uh, product development. Uh, we implemented 
uh, tribes, teams, and squads to basically try and increase our impact, reduce our uh, reduce overlap, and basically try and empower the teams to move. And I think that that's worked really well in adopting that model. Any anyone who's listening, if they read the the Spotify teardown uh, or, or Seth Seth Godin's tribes. Uh, around structure and how to build sort of agile product development teams. We've operated in that sense and um, it's really helped us. The great thing about working in marketing is it's it's never still. And arguably anyone who wants to work in in an industry that is, is constantly moving because of factors like new tools available, new channels available, new efficiencies of measuring things. Marketing is really at the cutting edge of innovation, I think, at the moment with challenging stereotypes and things like that. So organizational structures need to have flex within them. And I think you don't want to be changing structures um, often because of the lack of velocity that you lose by doing so. But I think having agility baked into an organizational structure and and, and using some of these more agile ways of fast and lean product development, I think marketeers can learn an awful lot from that. And and it actually is quite exciting rather than being daunting around um, building out the right structure to answer the right business problems. I think that's actually a really great take on it because when I saw those numbers, I thought, immediately always that a negative thing you know is, is it a sign of instability but actually it could be seen as an opportunity i mean gareth how do you react to the stats so totally it's exactly what i was going to say i think uh, i'm probably slightly surprised at, at the number 60 almost 64 percent but i suppose it depends what one means by structural change it could just be a reorganization of teams or it could be something slightly more fundamental and the nature of marketing is as gary says it's an agile cutting edge part of of most businesses it's the should be at the leading edge of of most businesses so it probably doesn't surprise me on reflection but the number does you know was was uh what seemed high i think people embrace that it's not necessarily a bad thing i think uh, the kind of people that marketers are are often optimistic glass half full kind of people and so the agility that's required in modern marketing is a good thing and it's not surprising that marketers seek those challenges out and that the departments that are around surround marketers are are changing in the same way yeah i mean i think what's interesting the point you make around kind of the character of marketers and the fact that they're people on the front foot looking for a new challenge that that might relate to my next question because we found that that 56.9 percent of marketers are contemplating moving jobs this year so either definitely or are contemplating it so over half are, are thinking of moving does that number surprise you or do you think that given the pressure of the past two years and the fact that maybe people felt like they were in roles where they weren't doing the things they necessarily wanted to do or they felt like they couldn't move maybe in 2020 that the appetite for change is there gareth if if you could could go first so yeah i okay, that, that doesn't surprise me at all i think especially given the last couple of years i think it's pretty common to see marketers move around people tend to do a couple of years in a row and then move on whether that's internally or externally and i suppose the the current environment where you know I'm speaking to you now from my home office when I could be speaking to to um, one employer today and a different employer tomorrow and not actually 
change where I'm working from. So the some of the barriers to to movement are, are, are no longer there. If and especially if I've joined a business during lockdown where I may not have developed quite as many um, personal ties to to colleagues around the business. So I think some of the barriers are are now gone and people are happy to change. There's um, the type of character that a marketeer is, as we've just spoken about, isn't about sitting still and taking a paycheck and um, kind of phoning it in. People are about progression and growth and, as I say, optimists. So I think that's not surprising to see people accept a degree of insecurity because we've been living in a pretty insecure world for quite some time. The key for us and key for other employers is to make sure that people are given those opportunities to stretch, given those inspirational, challenging growth projects within our business. And so you get the best of both worlds. You get people who are keen and ready to move on, but you don't lose the momentum, as Gary was saying, by having a a significant churn in your marketing department. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Gary, how would you react to the stats? Because obviously, you know, to Gareth's point, having that challenge within the business where people feel like there's just so much more that they can achieve that they wouldn't necessarily have to go elsewhere. Is that is that kind of how you think about it as Zoopla? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. It's, it feels, um, in one sense, uh, the, the half full uh, version of me goes, it's great that people are wanting to strive for more and do more and all of that sort of stuff. And I think the optimism around marketeers is a really important point, as Gareth says. I guess our goal really at Zoopla and everywhere we've worked is we do so much to try and retain talent because we invest so much in talent and so much time in talent. And and therefore our goal is to retain great talent, not to not to try and artificially imprison them, but to make it feel like this is the, the best place for them. So I think in one sense, I can ex- I, I can understand that level feels quite high, but then I reflect on everything that we do as a business to retain talent and nurture talent and grow talent and develop talent, empathize with talent and all of the challenges that people have had around the world, whether it's the stuff that's going on in Ukraine, awful stuff at the moment, and how we can support employees directly or indirectly who are going through that, um, all of the mental health issues that the society is facing. How can we be a better place to make people feel at home when they're going through those sort of things? So I think that we do so much. And and as a result, I feel like we we see that our figures are much lower than that. But I guess that as a society, I feel like that level of churn, if you like, I can sympathize that that happens. And I can also sympathize that people want more and want better. It just feels like this war for talent is, is going to be around for a long time. And businesses now that they don't have those sort of water cooler type moments anymore because a lot of people in our team have never actually been into our office how do you create that stickiness how do you create that connectivity how do you create that shared learning and all of those things that happen outside of the traditional meetings and everything else that goes on and that resilience that that that, that caring that when you have that sensitive chat down the pub with someone who's going through a tough time how do you maintain those in this world and 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 in in the teams it's it's a really interesting quandary uh, around how much you give as an employer and how much you take as an employee but for one thing's for sure it doesn't feel like we're going to be stabilizing in the KPIs uh very soon it feels like we're in for a, for a long old journey around war for talent and then how to retain that talent 
it's fascinating listening to you both because I feel like there's just so much kind of going on in business at the moment in marketing and kind of around talent and skills gaps and just everything that business needs to kind of kick on in 2022. And I wanted to ask, you know, there's a lot of stats that we've that we've discussed, but whether there's a key takeaway that you have from the data and kind of what your hope is for marketing careers as we look into 2022 and beyond. Um, Gary, if I could start with you. I think that marketeers as a as practitioners have always the best marketeers have always had the finger on the pulse when it comes to empathy and to understand what their audience, their target, their, their users, their their customers, whatever it is, what they can do as marketeers to connect with that audience. And I think the reflections for me on the stats are how important it is as employers and leaders in marketing teams to show the same level, if not more levels of that for our team members and, and to provide that, that same level of support and caring and engagement and simple marketing, right message, right time, all of that, but to our staff because they've probably never been going through so much. Our business KPIs changing, boards, pressure, competitor pressure, working from home pressure, industry moving pressure. And I just think as as leaders, we've got to think about how we how we support our staff more to be able to help them because it's a really, really turbulent time. And I think that the the brands and people and leaders that show that level of empathy will be the ones that attract the talent, will be the ones that are the are the talk of the town when people are talking about great employers. Uh, and I think that that's really where forget your campaign in uh, uh, highlight reel or forget your TV slot and all of that sort of stuff. It'll come down to what what businesses and, and brands behave like people and, and people that care. So I think that's the, the key thing for me to take away from this. I think that empathy message is so important and, and it just strikes a, a kind of a, a tone with me, definitely. I mean, Gareth, what would you say? What's your kind of key takeaway and, and what's your hope for 2022? I suppose the key takeaway for me, that I think there are two parts to, to these stats. Um, there's the people part. There's the fight for talent, as as Gary's been, been talking about. And, and for me, some of the things that we're working on at, at Weetabix, this um, a, a culture of bravery, trying to create an environment where people are able to do some good work, bold work, work that's work that works, that is fair and inclusive, where you've got you know, a, a flexible approach to working. All those things, together with everything that Gary was saying, you're creating that right environment and just doing the right thing when no one's watching helps you to retain talent. Just being being fair to people. There's a people part to this, and then there's the slightly more commercial part to this. It's great that marketing is seen um, as a growth driver of the business and is getting the ability to lead businesses. So the the challenge for us as marketeers in a in potentially a year of economic uncertainty. And with that rising prominence of marketing, our job is to remain focused on the finances, remain focused on work that drives growth and work that drives um, return on investment and to continue to speak the language of uh, finance, the language of the boardroom, 
to prevent marketing being the first department to go to when you need to cut some budgets because you need to pay into the bank, the long-term bank of brand before you start to make some withdrawals. So um, I think during the, the lockdown, there was plenty of more evidence generated from long-standing evidence that um, increasing your marketing spend, investing, continuing to invest in your brands is the right thing to do in an economic downturn if you're able to afford to do that. So the language of the boardroom of finance, as I say, being able to convince the board to hold their nerve and to continue to invest in brands will see those brands grow in the in the long term. Definitely. I, it will be fascinating to catch up with you both um, in a year's time and see what these stats are and kind of what, where things have moved and whether the strategic like role of marketing is even higher as we all want it to be and what's happening with the skills gaps. And yeah, it'll be great. So thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this latest edition of Marketing Week's This Much I Learned podcast. And you can check out the next episode coming soon on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud. That just leaves me to thank Gareth and Gary and you for listening. Thanks.